Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Everybody, welcome to Miller and Condon here on a uh, Wednesday's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you spending uh, some of that time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Our uh, voices that cover both the Hawks and the Cyclones were busy yesterday, but they freed up today. And Scott Dockerman will lead off our guest list at 10.30 or thereabouts. He was obviously in Iowa City yesterday uh, for the, both the players and the coaches' press conference. He will opine on that and recap what he saw uh, this past weekend and look ahead to Cyhawks. So Scott Dockerman coming up. We're going to move Dave Sproul ahead to Wednesday this week. Of course, he was at uh, in Ames yesterday. You know, um, hats off to Matt Campbell. Uh, me a couple on my part. I did not think that we would ever get any information on Cartavius Norton. Mm-hmm. Must be pretty bad if uh, Campbell says that he's doubtful. Or he's turned over a new leaf. I'll go with the former. Okay. I um, hope it's the latter, but um, and any transparency you can get on injuries, I don't need to know what it is. Just mm-hmm. is he or isn't he? Um, but it sure seems like uh, that maybe he'll be missing for a while, which is too bad because I think Iowa State has something there. But he shall be back at some point. But it won't be this uh, Saturday for the Cyhawk game. Dave Sproul at 11.05. Uh, Mitch Holtis will join us for his first of now seasonal appearances all season, with the exception of the bye week uh, for the Chiefs. Mitch is with us each and every Wednesday at uh, 11.30. Papa John's in Central Iowa sponsors that segment. So what does that mean for David Kaplan? Well, Cappy's going to move to Thursdays through the football season uh just easier for his schedule so we'll get the bears on thursday mm-hmm. with cap um obviously if there is postseason for the white Sox, the rebuild for the cubs dot 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 bulls blackhawks a little bit yeah no illinois and northwestern with cappy they just don't move the needle they don't and new stadium did you see the I renderings see, yesterday yes. for at soldier field looks like it's oh. going to be no more in the future those renderings were hideous well, at least it's something. No, no, no. It's not at least. Don't give me an at least. Well, you can see that you can see. Renderings what... are supposed to look good. I know. They're supposed to get excited. It was just but a there's... blank white building. Yeah, true, but you know what's going to be. You know what's going to be. There are opportunities to get a little closer to the stadium uh-huh. and drink and eat and mingle with fans um, instead of getting dropped off and having to walk the underground tunnel and walk forever and ever and ever. It just looked cheap. It looked well. You're not, so you're basing your opinion on a drawing. Right. But renderings, I mean, look at any school district around here. And they put renderings together. And they never live up to it. But at least they look good. <laughs> but they never look up to it. So, so the bar's being set really low, Trent, for your stadium. It's going to be and, then, and they're not going to hit that level. Oh, I think they will. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. Ted Phillips will not be a part of that. That's true. That was the yeah. news from last week uh, that we uh, never opined on. But uh, Cappy will be here tomorrow. You know what else we didn't opine on yesterday? Just real quick on this. Uh, the college football playoff after we got off the air, mm-hmm. or I don't know when it was, but it's approved and it's going to expand uh, to 12 games. Uh, just your your thought, real quick. What is what is is twelve the right number? The first, uh, the top four teams get a bye. Uh, the home games that will be part of this in the team with the best seeds home stadium, middle of December. What does that mean? Well, maybe a warm weather school has to come north, mm-hmm. which should certainly be something. Although there is a caveat on in there that the 
that the that the home team has the opportunity to move to a different venue. See, I guess Michigan could move the game to Ford Field. Why would you? Right. You wouldn't. Um, I mean, if there was ever a game at Kinnick or at Jack Trice. So here's my question. The Gophers get a home game and all of a sudden, let's play at U.S. Bank. No, absolutely not. They practice outdoors, they're going to play outdoors. Oh, But we were told that this could never happen because all these northern stadiums had to be winterized. Yeah, well, money changes things. It's just the stupid... Trent, we were never going to have a college football playoff. No, We no, will no, never no. get involved with sports betting. Nope. That's taboo. It's the last thing we need. Here we are. Here we are. And um, the genie's out of the bottle on a number of counts. So here's my question for the for the four home games. And I heard this take, and you know, I, th- I think it's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. There's, if Whoever hosts these games, they've hosted big games in the past. Yes, absolutely. There's been big moments in those stadiums. Mm-hmm. But do those automatically move down the rung? Because you're hosting a college football playoff game? I mean, might these games in these four stadiums that we'll begin with, and then it'll be four, maybe four different ones the following year, mm-hmm. might they be the biggest game ever played in that stadium? Oh, there's no doubt. It's a college football playoff game. Think of that. Think, Think of, of that, exactly. Of Kinnick Stadium with Jack Trice mm-hmm. hosting a playoff game mm-hmm. with whoever coming to town. Right. Florida State coming in <laughs> yeah. and playing a playoff game uh-huh. at one of those venues. Georgia is making the trip. Precisely. That is... Iowa, Michigan. Can you imagine? Number one versus number two. Uh, that was a billion years ago. Right. It was 1985. Right. I was in kindergarten. Yep. I have a second grader now. <laughs> That's a long time ago yeah. that that happened. There, there were big moments. There were big nights. The Friday night against Oklahoma Huge. State for Iowa State. But you host a playoff game? Right. Think of NFL lore. How many regular season games do we really remember? I really talk about Compared to playoff games. You know what? The ones that, honestly, Trent, the ones that I remember most were bad weather and clement weather Absolutely. games. Yeah. That. That's what you get into. But to your point, sure. I mean, the Monday night game with Montana and Elway. Mm -hmm. uh, Montana scored last. Elway didn't leave enough time on the clock. Maybe the best game I've ever seen in person. And you were also there. I was there, yes. Um, But to your point, you're 100% right. So these games are going to be massive for these four schools that get to host. Mississippi or Mississippi State hosts a playoff game. It'll be the biggest sporting event ever in Mississippi. It could be. It it will be. Yes. That will be the biggest event Uh that they have ever had in that state. Now, we had the Field of Dreams game here. It was big. But it will. It was one of 162. It'll be a conversation. Uh And that week leading up to it, we'll talk about, is this the biggest event in the state? That's what you get here. I, I still, this is, when this came out a year ago this past summer, when we first saw this plan, What's Notre Dame's angle? They think they're going to get in. And well, they, of course they're going to get in, but and they you go 12-0 think, and 0 as Notre yeah. Dame in the schedule they play. And sorry, to win a national championship. You're going to have to play a couple of games. you got to play an extra game. Yeah, yeah. You're running a different race then. But you're not playing on that first Saturday. You game. don't have the conference championship. There you game. go. And that is the difference behind yeah. it. And I guess that's the justification. I think it all works out in the end. Um, but Plus, th- how many home games are they going to get? Being ranked between five and eight seems like they're going to be there a Most lot. Years, yeah. Most years, that's a pretty, that's a pretty safe bet. They'll be in it more often. That's a good point. Uh, that's uh, they do reside there in that real estate. It's huge. It, it, it's it's massive for the sport. Here's what I think. Maybe it's just my heart getting in front of my head on this. But when you hear how much money is instantly available. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a way to get this done in 2024. I think so. Logistically, oh, we're probably better off. We got a lot of hurdles to mm-hmm. jump through. A lot of hoops, blah, blah, blah. You got 450, whatever it is, million dollars if you can meet this deadline. Meet it. Figure it out. Figure it out. You go from three playoff games to 11 right. playoff games. Now, because of the way the schedule and the contract is written up, ESPN does get the chance to get all those games. Uh-huh. 
but it's for two years. And if you don't get full market value for those two years, maybe there's some money left on the table, but it's still money you never would have had. Just expanding this thing out. Yes. And you go from, what was it, $480 million a year to people are talking of upwards of $2.2 billion Massive. a year when this goes out to bid. Mm-hmm. Probably not those two years if you do that as it's just ESPN, but that's what you're looking at here. It's going to be monstrous. It's going to be great. Why do the quarterfinals have to also be at these bowl destinations? Yeah, I don't know. So, all right. I mean, the Rose Bowl's got a major say in it. Well, it, I, I don't care, but th- that's semifinal. That's championship. That's a different one. The quarterfinals, where you have the top four seeds that play their first game, one versus eight, mm-hmm. four versus five, and you don't get to host, and you got to go to Nashville. Maybe there's another tweak. Jacksonville. Yeah, maybe there's another tweak. Alabama doesn't get to host a game ever? Seemingly. I mean, that that's that, the way that it's set up, at least in well, the current Well, can't coach forever. <laughs> right, exactly. But... You know what I'm saying? Why still this marriage between the Bulls? I, I think Trent that that's who uh, cares. I agree wholeheartedly. Here's what I think: there's got to be one other layer that they can come back to the table, and right not maybe not right the wrong. They wouldn't see it as righting a wrong, but taking an opportunity. Maybe there's more money by doing it that way. I, I is don't there, know. I don't or is know. Is there money just keeping it yourself instead of having to pay this stupid bowl game? That does nothing. That screws the fans. That mm-hmm. screws the university. All right, you want to bring your band? Oh, guess what? Is they it, have to it, each buy a ticket for one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. to get in the stadium, and you got a hundred members of the band. Oh, not only that, you got to have a fine minimum for these hotel rooms in this crappy city that you're going to, and you're doing this. Is but just you know what? For final. a college football player, if you'll buy, it, you'll take up those crappy hotel rooms. Well, you will. But you know what'd be better mm-hmm. is having that game at Camp Randall mm-hmm. to having that game at Oklahoma. That would be better, and being a home environment and seeing those games inside those stadiums as opposed to, and we go to Tampa, <laughs> where we have Georgia taking on Michigan. Wouldn't you rather see that in the big house? I would. Between the hedges? I would. That's a lot better game. I'm with you. Could you see an NFC Championship game? We got Green Bay and Dallas, and we're going to play this thing at Jerry World. <laughs> no. You have to figure it out. I Packers do. get the home game, but no, they don't. No, because move it. yeah, we got to move this thing. It's too cold at Lambeau. We can't put. The, we're going to put it at U.S. Bank. Yeah, the warm weather team. Uh, look, at we're here. There was the, for the longest time didn't look like we were ever going to get close to being here, but we are here. Uh, seemingly now, get it done in 2024. Please, would you please. Yes. That's all we ask. All right. So Trent, yesterday the uh, press conferences came and went. Mm-hmm. My biggest maybe takeaway: a couple of things. We talked about Campbell and Norton. Yes. Um, so Norton seems he might be hurt. He, uh, who knows what happened to the hamstring, but it seemingly was more serious than... Um, you saw him pulling it before he even went out of Right, and Campbell said it was... he. Did he say he hoped it was a cramp or it may be a cramp after, after the, the game? game of yeah. course he's hoping that, but it wasn't. And to his credit, he provided a little bit of um, transparency insight mm-hmm. uh, into what's keeping it... Not what's keeping him off the field, but he will be off the field. Now, why a black? Here's the one that snuck up on me when it comes to Iowa. Yes, a, I don't remember being on the field that much. I'm when not he saying was, he didn't play. Yeah, he was pretty good out there. Was he? I saw him uh, get to the backfield a couple of times. I know he pro- graded out well at Pro Football Focus. I think he was the second ranked. Where do you get that? Alignment. Do you get through Kakert's site? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, where you can see those numbers through rivals. And yeah, yeah he was. Uh, he graded out well. I think he played 17 snaps. But I don't remember him getting helped off the field. And all of a sudden, yeah, it shows up yesterday that Y.A. Black's not going to be there. 
a guy that is really talented, part of that deep group. Mm-hmm. Now that means possible. Was well, a walk on going to be played? In well, Louis play. Steck, yeah, yeah, but I think we're going to also see a little more Aaron Grace. Well, I would hope, Trent, because we didn't see him at all this past weekend. Right. Yeah, this seems like a, a perfect opportunity uh, for them to take the training wheels off mm-hmm. Mr. Graves and yeah. get. I want to see him. Yes, absolutely. I want to see what the hype's all about, and if he truly is at this point a man amongst boys, and I've no reason to believe he's not. Justin Jacobs out for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamari Harris also out. But the biggest injury is the question that remains. And it still remains, Trent. And Keegan Johnson. No clarity. They, put it, they dressed him up and put him in a still photo. I don't know why. This um, is what Kirk said when asked the first question about Keegan. He still hasn't been with the team. That was his first statement. He still hasn't been with the team. Well, he was, though. This is what Kirk said. This is... From the transcript, he still hasn't been with the team. He hasn't practiced with the team. He's with the team, but hasn't practiced. So I don't think this week you can expect it. So hang on a second. He's not with the team, but he is with the team. Weird, right? Weird. Something's cooking. He was pushed a little bit more uh, as they were. he was asked how many weeks for Keegan. I wish I was that smart. It's whenever he's ready. Uh-huh. He'll be ready hopefully soon. You know who is that smart? Arlen Bruce. Mm-hmm. Because he was asked. He was. Who, which media member Kaker. asked? Him? Good for you, Tom Kaker. Yep. Thought he'd go in a back door to get some information. <laughs> uh, didn't work. It didn't. Uh, Bruce was not biting on that for a mm-hmm. Not even close. He did not take the bait. Good for you, Arlen Bruce. Good for you, Tom Kaker, for trying to go that route. I can't wait to pat you on the back Friday. What in God's name is going on, though? I don't know, Trent. We speculated about this all spring. You did. You were, one, mm-hmm. you were the first to pick up on it. And at the time... I was laughed at. I was mm-hmm. talked down. You're being... Conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. Get up. Ronda brought the tinfoil hat to work again today. Well, you know, it's a slow Tuesday, and there's not a whole lot Gotta to talk about in April. Something. Right. It's not what it was. Yeah. These rumblings have been out there. It's been multiple injuries. There's Sports hernia. Sports hernia, hamstring. He's been that. But he's still not practicing. Right. Why can't we get clarity on this? Mm-hmm. Why? At least he's not on the depth chart. Right. And there's no attempt to make it sound like there's a pretty good chance, well, we, we may see him this week. Do you believe it's just injury? I don't know, Trent. I want to believe it's just injury. I, I don't want to believe that there's something, because why wouldn't you have left? If, if, there's, right. if, there's, if there was an opportunity, if he wasn't happy, mm-hmm. you no longer have to stay. You're right. not tied to your school. So that leads me to believe that, um, that it is injury. That it is injury. Doesn't it, and you? It's a frustration. Well, one thing, again, and this is all conjecture and speculation. There, there, I have no specific information on this front. I want to make that very clear. But if it is something injury-related, maybe it's something that was misdiagnosed. That's not without the realm of possibility. I mean, it was just it. It was one of those fleeting thoughts that popped in uh-huh. my mind because wouldn't be the first time we've been. I'm not saying it's an Iowa thing, but for right. anywhere oh, right, in the world, right? right? Medical, pr- we. We've been speculating about about this so much, and I'm just trying to wrap my mind. Uh-huh. What could it possibly be? And that one was just one that, again, it just jumped to my mind. This is no information, but it could be something like mm-hmm. that. And why we've – the family was there. You saw him on TV, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was a cousin or a little brother or what it was, but there, there was a family member there, and the family's all there. But it could be something as simple as that, a misdiagnosis, and that's where the frustration level is coming. But hearing through Arlen Bruce, that makes a lot of sense, just – the frustration that is there for Keegan. He wants to be out there. He yeah. wants to be playing. He just doesn't feel right. And Arla Bruce didn't feel right sh- sharing that news. And, and good for him uh, for not doing so. Uh, Iowa State, their depth chart. Well, they don't put out a depth chart. Uh, but there was really, other than the Norton news, maybe Remsburg is going to play. 
Uh, it sounds as though he's going to practice this week. I still think that's probably leaning to um, the following week. I'd love to be surprised and get him out there because he's, uh, the offensive line is better with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was now got a depth issue, at least in the middle of that uh, uh, defensive front. But you're right; it's time to it's time to see more Aaron Graves. Uh, let's go to the offensive side of the ball with Iowa. You said that you watched the game a couple of times. Yep. There was certainly issues offensive line-wise and seemingly in the middle of that line. Mm-hmm. What was Logan Jones's grade? Do you remember that pro football He focus? actually graded out decently well. I think he was second behind Jennings Dunker. Was he really? And I, I'm sure the grading part of it is you're grading what he does after the ball is snapped. It felt like more of a, a snapping issue, right? So on my new podcast that I'm doing, the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, I do it twice weekly with LaShawn Daniels. And... He knows offensive line as a former running back, yeah. and of course his brother. Is he good on the podcast? He is. He's yeah. a lot of fun to talk about yeah. and talk to. And when, and, when do you do it? Uh, with him, usually Mondays and Fridays. This week was a little bit different because mm-hmm. of the holiday, so it was and yesterday. where can you find that? Uh, just anywhere you get podcasts, Lockdown okay. Hawkeyes is where you can find it. And I do it each and every day, a couple times a week with LaShawn. And he mentioned that is probably, at least from what he saw on Saturday, it is more of a timing, a speed thing. He's not getting the ball back quick enough. And this is his first time doing it. You know, Kirk talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit too, and you forget it almost feels like Logan Jones is a veteran because okay. we've talked about him so much, and he's the heir apparent, and he gets that job as soon as he moves over. That was his first time being a center in a game, right? Could that click? Yeah, we talk about that big leap between week one and week two, and there clearly is. All of a sudden, if he's just getting the ball back there like he should on time, mm-hmm. how different that is. Now, one thing Lashawn also mentioned is he thinks sometimes that also can be on the quarterback. That can be a cadence thing. And as we talked about a lot yesterday, there is so much about Spencer Petras that looks broken mentally. Could that even mess with your cadence? Could you be just that unsure of yourself where even the timing on snapping the ball is just a little bit off because you're that unsure? I I don't feel that I'm qualified to even offer that opinion on (laughs) that. I don't know what's between We didn't get a sports psychologist in here, don't we, for this kind of stuff. But it's not not unfair, to, I guess, to have that thought in your mind because something is wrong there. Something is wrong. But you know what? To his credit, you know what he did yesterday? Came out and he answered every question. Yes, he did. As he did after the game. Mm-hmm. you got to love kids like that. You really do. He didn't want to talk about Saturday. No. He was turning the page. Yeah, turning the page. And, and that's, that's what good. Iowa football is Absol- about. Absolutely. And I wouldn't expect him to want to talk about it. Even if they would have had, if he would have been a 28 for 32 and four mm-hmm. touchdowns, yep. he's turned the page. Um, likelihood of that happening. He has never done that. Yeah, I know. It is great. I just set you up. Ever. <laughs> I just set you up. So, um, what's the point spread at now? Because I every every time I, I look at Twitter and read, jump into a gambling thread, uh-huh. um, easy money, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm stumped. And I don't bet these games. Yeah. But I kind of tempted to, and I won't, but the over seems a little bit tempting because if when everybody's going one way, you go the other. But is this the uh, is this the outlier when it comes to that theory? So looking, uh, one of the places that I go a lot is Wager Talk, and the reason that I do is because they list a bunch of sports books out mm-hmm. there, including Circa, mm-hmm. and that's the first one that they have listed. South Point, our Who buddy owns Chris Wager Sanders. Talk. I don't know. There's is been that a, that R.J. Bell dude? I, don't think that's his site. I think this is a different group that okay. has this one. I think R.J. Bell was he covers? Yeah, uh, no, no, no. He, I don't think so. We had the guy on from covers. Um, oh my God! I, I, oh, Everson, uh, Patrick Everson. Yes, yeah, th- that's his. I think R.J. Bell might be wager. I don't remember. Right, and there's been a whole bunch of different things that have, that have bounced around. All right, yeah. but to your point, wise. you go to wager talk, and, and what do he's you see? pregame. That's uh, R.J. Bell is pregame. Bell. Gotcha. Yeah. Which also has one of these, but 
it shows you all the point spreads across the board. So you got Circa, Westgate, South Point, DraftKings, Caesars. Right on the right on the landing page of Wager Talk? Uh, you go to Live Odds gotcha. is what, what you click okay. on. So looking at that right now, it is three and a half at Circa, three and a half at Westgate. Iowa favored by four at South Point. Uh-huh. We'll be talking to Chris Andrews on, on our TV, TV show uh-huh. uh, that you can catch on Media. Now, he set the line in the games of the year back in June when mm-hmm. these, when these I how many games did they put out? 90, 80? I think it was 99. 99? Yeah. Uh, he puts out a bunch of games of the year. And you're allowed to bet on these as soon as he puts mm-hmm. them up at the sports book. Uh, and th- he made Iowa a 13.5-point favorite in this football game. I wonder how much Iowa money he took. <laughs> Can't be a lot. You wouldn't think so, because he moved quickly towards that touchdown number but that most did he everybody take, did any? Is there a Hawkeye fan right now that happened to be in Vegas That's holding the- a ticket? Hawks <laughs> minus 13. They might not score 13.5. They didn't last week. And you're laying it. And you're laying you're, it. You're not feeling good. Well, you're hoping for a middle. That you're going to be buying back the other to, side. You have to yes. at that point if you do have that ticket. That's your only shot of doing it. So, yeah, uh, that is, South Point's the only place that it's for. It's three and a half everywhere, everywhere. else. Yeah. It is down to 40 and a half. A couple of 40s also popping right now. DraftKings has it down at 40. I'll bet online also has it at 40 of the ones listed here in Heritage. So a couple of offshore places well, I was, also. I was going to say, that's, yeah. a, that's Heritage not, is an offshore. Are they? Been around for a long time. So those are 40s popping. What's this thing go off at over under wise? Thirty nine and a half. I, I said it might even get to thirty eight and a half. It's nothing but. I under think money. it will drop below forty. They also show you the uh, the consensus odds, at least through the uh, places that they have wagering. Eighty seven percent of the tickets and eighty eight percent of the money is on the under. The uh, as it pertains to the point spread, sixty nine percent of the money, fifty nine percent of the bets on the Cyclones currently, at least through wager talk. I mentioned pregame. They have a sportsbook spy there. Mm-hmm. I looked at that one. That was very decidedly Iowa State. Uh, the Action Network talked about that. Had a couple of people send some screenshots of that to me uh, yesterday. Said that at least through their numbers that they get, they were closer to 50-50. In fact, I think one of them maybe even had Iowa getting more money, mm. which was a surprise. Or maybe it was more bets. But again, this all depends on where you look, where they get their numbers from. Different information, a lot of different places. Be careful where you get your information to. No, no question about that. All right, I want to do a baseball note before we get the break because I, if you're, a oh, Cubs, what a great night last night. Well, your twins didn't play. Yes, it was awesome. Uh, then so, now they have to play two against that's, the Yankees. That's, that's, what? And it's like a thirty-minute between game doubleheader. It's a real doubleheader. It's yeah. a real doubleheader. Yep, love those. Um, so I, I watched the I watched the Jays and the Orioles. That game got a hand. So I switched over to my guilty pleasure. I can't I can't give them up the Cubs. Haley Hayden. Wisniewski, the kid that came over from the Yankees in the Scott Efrost trade, oh, okay. who showed up in, in Des Moines and got absolutely shelled mm-hmm. his first outing. He made his major league debut last night. Yeah. And this, because I think he was number seven in the Yankees chain. They gave up a lot for Efrost to get him. But this kid, uh, families in the stands love to see it, blah, blah, blah. He came in, Miley pitched four innings, and Wisniewski came in after that. And finished out the game. He struck out eight guys while walking one, giving up no runs. I get it, Cincinnati and it's September baseball, and both teams are helplessly out of it. But you're looking for small things, I think, if you're a Cub fan right now. Mm-hmm. And this was Nesky was out of his mind. He was unhittable. I text Tommy Birch uh, because I, I was really impressed with what I was seeing, and I asked Birchie, "Let me get it. Um, you know what? Did you see this coming?" And this is what Birch said. The slider's been incredible. His stats in Iowa don't get look great, but he had an adjustment period. That was his first start mm-hmm. uh, with, with the AAA team. 
legit swing and miss stuff. That's from Tommy Birch, who watches every home game. Hmm. This was if you're a Cubs fan, I'll bring it up with Cap tomorrow. You kind of went to bed with a smile on your face last night because maybe this kid is part of the future. I went to bed with a smile on my face because I watched Seattle against the White Sox last night. And really they, fun pitching matchup. Gilbert is legit, man. Yeah. Now, how how, how, how good was Cueto? He was excellent. Was he? Yeah. I mean, he... It was zip-zip when I turned it off. I saw a I number a last the night. First, whenever we bring up baseball, I get a text from the baseball betting. Braves are one game out. Braves are two. Braves are in first place. <laughs> Thanks, Betty. <laughs> No, but it's true. I mean, that's a good story. They're they're hot. They are. And now Scherz is on the IL. Did you see that? Here they come, right? The White Sox, Cueto has gone 20 starts now since he's uh, been part of the rotation. 20 starts. He's gone six innings or more in 17 of the 20 starts. How about that? In today's baseball? That's incredible. For an old guy? That's incredible. I was shocked. Who was on the street prior? Didn't they take him off the street? He didn't have. He didn't bring him from I, anywhere. I believe so. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was a free agent. That was absolutely what a great pickup. Wild. Yes. Where would they be without him? Mm. Probably third. Way out. <laughs> They'd be in third. Yeah, but way out. Right. Of right. At least as opposed to a fleeting hope at this time. So they're three back. The Twins are a game and a half back. Guardians did beat the Royals again last mm-hmm. night for one. Bieber was on the bump. Uh, no surprise there. So here we go, mm. and it's going to be tight. Can the Twins get a split today? You have to. You have to. Yeah, I agree. Because with the Guardians playing the Royals, yes, you still got eight more with the Guardians. Mm-hmm. You can't go on for Because you here. get the Yankees again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> the thing's not over ha- after that doubleheader no, today. No, 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 no. You have to win. You have to win at least a game today. And the uh, Twins are calling up a St. Paul native to make his debut at Yankee Stadium are today. They? A young man that was a 15th round draft pick out How of... about that? I think Concordia, something was like that. Was not supposed to be here. No, not at all. So him and his brother were both drafted. One's in the Dodgers organization, and this one with the Twins. Guy that threw 90, 91, now is throwing in the mid-90s, throwing 95, 96, can mm-hmm. hit 97. His numbers, as he has flown through the ranks this year, have been absolutely incredible. Here you go, son. Major League <laughs> debut, Yankee Stadium. Louis Varland, is that his name? Yes. Uh, against Herman, Louis Varland. Uh, you need you need one you need one TC uh-huh. this team maybe this is the one. one they're not gonna have much of a scouting report. Well, I remember the, about this time last year the the Blue Jays had some kid that I never nobody had ever heard of and he was making oh a thick a, kid thick kid yeah, yeah. two sixty <laughs> uh, they mic'd him up at the All Star game this year Alec Manoa and he went out and just shut them down so it's happened maybe we'll see again we will uh, take a break and we'll come back Scott Dockerman will join us with the latest from Doc he was there what does he think's going on with Keegan Johnson I think he shared. Uh, that he believed it was, this, I think we heard sports attorney from him for that the first That was first, time, right? and then I think Dax also talked about a hamstring. Has he? So there's well, a lot going on. We'll, we'll go to the horse's mouth. He'll be with us next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. .net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, 10.35 on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Dave Sproul, KSI, and Learfield kicks off our number two. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs at about 11.30. Uh, right now, Scott Dockerman joins us from The Athletic. Uh, he was in Iowa City well over the weekend, of course, watching the game and also covering the press conferences yesterday. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thank you, Scott Dockerman, for being flexible and joining us here on a Wednesday. How are you? 
I am perfect, man. It's beautiful outside, and got to enjoy the weather while it lasts. Indeed we do. Uh, no question about that. It sounds like maybe some <laughs> rain this weekend, right? Is that what you're hearing? Did you see that forecast for Cyhawk? Maybe a little rain or a chance? I haven't even looked that far ahead, unfortunately. I, I was looking to see if they were going to have nine, another 99-degree day like last year. Oof. I didn't see that, but I did not pay attention to the rain forecast yet. But I will look closer, especially starting tomorrow. Gotcha. Doc, have, there's been over the years, over the Ferentz era, some uh, some quarterback debates amongst the fans and amongst the, the, the coaches, etc., Obviously, we're we're in one now, right? Where's some of the other one? McCann Banks was a was a doozy. Mm-hmm. Christensen Stanzi, Rudock Rudock Bethert. That's a good one, Trent. Um, here we are again, Doc. How how's I mean? Does it feel? Does this one feel maybe even elevated than those others, or is it because this is the latest? It's the greatest, but it seems louder. Does it to you? I would say that there is probably more angst with this one than the others that really come to mind. I wasn't here for Banks and McCann, so I can't really speak to that one. But I do know, uh, you know, I remember Christensen and, and Stanzi, and that one feels closer to this uh, one because you had a quarterback that was kind of ineffective as a starter in 2007 and Jake Christensen, and then they kind of made it a competition and both of them got to play over the first four games and before Ricky Stanzi took the position. That's what this one feels closer to. 2014 with Rudock and Bethard, what I think was largely in part that Bethard's trajectory seemed so much greater yeah. than, than Rudock's, and, and it was. Uh, but I'll, and I'll say this, that Rudock uh, was, as, was better than the quarterbacks they have today, and he was better than Stanzi was then and certainly better than than Jay Christensen. I think maybe by the end of his career, Stanzi would have been better than Rudock. But uh, that's what makes this one, I think, just the sum of the whole. We're, we're talking about an elite-level defense and special teams and uh, an offense that just can't get off the mat. I mean, over the last five games, they have four offensive touchdowns. I mean, when you you add up the points, uh, the defense and special teams have three touchdowns and three safeties over the same span. So it's exactly the same. And so I understand this wholeheartedly from the fans' perspective, the angst around the Iowa quarterback situation, because it just hasn't gotten better. You know, Nate Stanley was much maligned, but, you know, really stands out like a shining beacon at the top of the hill compared to where we are right now. It's a completely different one. We heard practice two different times during the post-game press Mm. conference. Spencer practice as well. That's what Kirk said. Brought up uh, practice again yesterday. I'm sure he practiced as well. He doesn't play well in games, and and that's the problem. What is it about Alex Padilla? I thought he moved the ball incredibly well. Yeah, there were some drops when he was the quarterback, but won three games when he was the starter, or at least played a majority of the snaps a season ago. Why is there, at least in the coach's mind, this big gap between Padilla and Petrus? I think it's about what Petrus kind of presents, that he is the epitome of what you want in a quarterback, the way he presents himself, the knowledge that he knows the system, how he can articulate it, how he can move the team, uh, you know, mentally as much as anything. But I think what the fans see, certainly, and what we see almost every time is um, an inability to complete, you know, passes on a consistent basis. And I think that's what, you know, you can practice all you want. I, I heard this a lot uh, early in Fran's era about a uh, particular three-point shooter hmm. that, you know, hits them all in practice, but he's hitting 20% from three in games. And, you know, you, you just, you, you got, you can have faith as long as you want, but 
it's not going to make the result any different. And and so I think as much as maybe everybody wants Petrus to be the guy because he just his efficacy and everything about him makes him the guy. It's about performance, and when you're you're the laughing stock of college football, and that's what Iowa is. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to say we need to make a change for change's sake. Uh, you know, even if. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you don't think the other guy is better, there's no doubt, Jock. There are brunt of a lot of national media jokes this uh, after that performance this week. Uh, that aside, they're one and zero, and I guess that's what matters most. But uh, we'll we'll get to the Keegan Johnson and um, and what's potentially going on there. I want to ask you for two part. Were you surprised we didn't see Aaron Graves? And now with the YA Black news that uh, that he's going to miss some time, do you think that that uh, speeds up the process of getting him? Uh, onto the field. Were you surprised he didn't play? And will we see him this week, Doc? I was surprised he didn't play. I thought he, you know, he was kind of in the army, if you will, and, and he'd see some snaps. But um, you know, whether the game was just too close or or what, they they decided to go with Bowie Stack. And and uh, but Kirk Ferentz mentioned that that Aaron Graves will play. Uh, he said it yesterday, so I would expect that to be the case. I think it's time, uh, you know, for somebody with a superior talent like him, if he can, if his fundamentals can, you know, mirror any part of that talent, you got to throw him out there because this is going to be a, a t- another tough four quarter game, I think, for Iowa. And it, its defense is going to need somebody with a playmaking ability like him. So I would expect him to play. How much? I, I really don't know, but I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's ten between ten and fifteen snaps. We've talked a lot about the quarterback, but it's not just the quarterback. Wide receiver position is absolutely decimated. Ken mentioned it. Let's get into it right now. Keegan Johnson, that is uh, where the questions began in the press conference yesterday for Kirk Ferentz and some interesting comments and, and responses from Kirk. Your takeaway, and, you know, I was reading the transcript script, the tone as Keegan Johnson was being talked about yesterday with Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty straightforward, I think. You know, it was hard to read into it necessarily. I, I got more information probably from Arlen Bruce, uh, you know, his roommate and pretty much best friend. And, um, that, you know, he's, he's down that he can't play. And I know there's been a lot of discussion, uh, you know, speculation, probably more than discussion that, you know, he's, he wants to leave or something like that. I, and that has not been what I've heard at all. It, it's just, you know, he's had, he's had a hamstring injury. Now I think there may be some disconnect. Between whether or not he's, he feels like he can play versus what the staff feels like he can do. I, I, that's probably fair and, and, you know, an accurate speculation, but uh, by and large, you know, if hamstrings are tricky, you know, and, and you do something wrong, you could pull that and it, you could be gone for two more months. And so I, I don't know what the right answer is here. I'm, it's not my hamstring, but <laughs> I could say that, uh, it's, you know, because if it was like a knee or, or something like that or an ankle, then it's different. Then you can kind of play with it. But but the uh, hamstring is it's, it's hard to say. I, I don't know what where he's going to how, how much longer he's going to end up out of the lineup. 
What was the uh, what was the talk when asked about uh, the the Cyclones and obviously Xavier Hutchinson had a really good day and whoever gets him whether it be Riley Moss or I guess Terry Roberts um, going to have their hands full. What was the conversation when it came to Hunter Deckers and uh, and what uh, Coach Ferentz and what some of the players uh, saw when they watched Hunter Deckers? I think that I mean it was clearly on the back burner, which has really never happened in this week before. And uh, but you know I think talking to both Kirk and some of the players about specifically Hunter Deckers is uh, they look at him as, as left-handed, first of all. That's a little different to get used to, but uh, big, stronger quarterback than what they faced there with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, that he, he's, he threw the ball well the other day, That you know, but they don't have a whole lot of tape on him other than, you know, some mop-up duty last year where he did lead the Cyclones on a scoring drive against Iowa. Uh, so, they don't, they, I don't know that they know him all that well yet um as far as xavier hutchinson goes that they are very cognizant of him uh and understand that he lines up in different places so it's not going to just be him lining up on riley moss or or terry roberts that they're going to have to figure out where he is on the field and and really um you know navigate that i I think the one cyclone who could really tip the field uh against i was probably will mcdonald uh, you know, because of Iowa's issues up front mm-hmm. and what it didn't do the other day, that I, I imagine he'll probably line up in different spots and he can really wreak some havoc on this unit, especially if Iowa tries to double him up or tries to chip him. That can, you know, open up some lanes for other players. So I think uh, by and large that uh, they're they're very uh, complimentary of Iowa State, but I think they're also very Oh, concerned or internal based right now, at least on offense, just based on what they didn't do on Saturday. Who was the best offense alignment you saw on Saturday for Iowa? It was a very inconsistent effort. And any insight into Logan Jones at the center spot? We've been talking about it this week. Something just felt off with the timing coming out of the the center. And I understand going from Linderbaum to anybody is going to be a step back, but it just felt like something was off as it pertains to snap count. Yeah, I, I don't know that there were there were many magical, you know, potions that I could figure out and figure out who did what well because I didn't see a whole lot that anybody did well yeah. consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of plays here, you know, you might see a play or two where everything looked pretty close to being good, but a lot of times it was one or two linemen that really weren't. Well, the, the the concern I think that Ferentz mentioned was just that they weren't very in tune once the snap happened that everybody was kind of coming off the line of scrimmage at the same time and and that is a huge issue i mean if you can't come off the line at the same time everybody's going to be you know somebody's going to miss their block somewhere and that's going to be a a detriment to the running game especially and and so you know going forward you know it's hard to even read what what's going on with the depth chart because two different depth charts came out (laughs) and then you know asking about connor colby well yeah he's still outside but on the the new depth chart, which they swear is accurate, and you have them at guard. So I don't know what to think right now. I think we'll just know probably in pregame warm-ups where uh, everybody lines up. That's where they'll be at least uh, for the first series. Seems like it's Blum's job. He was one for two. Do they? What kind of trust level do they have in, in, in him at this point, do you think, Doc? Great question. Um, you know, he's one for two, as we know. Um, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot of separation between him and Drew Stevens. 
So if he goes out and goes 0 for 4, uh, I think that they would make that move the other way. But if he goes 4 for 4, he probably solidifies it. So I, I don't, you know, the, the last three kickers were so very good That's for right. Iowa yep. um, and consistent that I don't know that, he, you know, he hasn't built that kind of equity yet. But these are the games where they really matter. I mean, last week's obviously did too, but... But um, you know, if he gets an opportunity, because points, as we could as we could tell, are such premium for this offense that you know he can't miss another forty yarder in good weather and expect to just kind of automatically keep his job. It's late in the game. Iowa is clinging to a three point lead. It's fourth down and seven from the Iowa State thirty two yard line. Do they attempt Tori a forty nine yard field goal, or do they try to pin him deep? From the 32, go in the mind of Kirk Ferentz. Play defense. Wow. Um, you Hunt know, I, I think, defense. you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you uh, you might go for it at that point, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. it's really hard to kick a, a 13-yard punt or whatever, <laughs> right. and, yeah. you know. So you might, you know, because sometimes to try to do that and kick it straight upward, you might take a little more take a little more time with the snap. And it might lead to a block sure. or, or yeah. even a worse shank. So, uh, but that said, I get your point. And if it's, uh, you know, Tory Taylor was so good the mm-hmm. other day, and uh, you know, and, you know, they punted what twice? I think inside the forty. So, <laughs> I, I think you would take your chances with your defense, unless your defense just gave up two uh, big drives or something. I think you you've got to play with the best unit on the field and. It's not even a not even a question, and it's Iowa's defense right now. Punting is winning. I, I, be, I bet they uh, send Terry Taylor onto the field. I think I would with that defense and as good as he's put been. him inside the five. Uh, Doc, last thing. Yeah, everyone seems to believe that this is a low-scoring football game. That there's no way that uh, there'll be. I think the total in here is a set of forty, forty and a half somewhere in there. Uh, but relatively low-scoring for a college football game. Are you uh, in that camp that uh, there won't be a lot of points, Doc? I don't see how Iowa can score a lot of points. Um, you know, it's, it's possible Iowa State could. Um, I, I could see Iowa State getting a couple of touchdowns against Iowa's defense, but, but maybe not more than like two naturally. But I also could see them turning a couple of, you know, whether it's turnovers or short field position into points too. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'd expect it. I think Iowa's defense is good enough if they can force Iowa State to go the length of the field multiple times. That's, that's going to be tough for a new quarterback in a, in a real hostile environment, um, for, for Iowa State. But I think Iowa State's offense is, is plenty competent to, to mount a, a couple of scoring drives. Uh, whereas I don't know that Iowa's is. And so, I would expect it to be, you know, in the teens, maybe low 20s at best, just because, uh, you know, I, I think Iowa's defense is too good and Iowa's offense is too bad to make it anything more than that. Uh, Scott Dockerman, Doc, anything you'd like to promote at The Athletic coming up this week? <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, we've got Brian Ferentz talking at 11, so I'm yeah. sure there'll be something ah, nice. out of that. But, uh, yeah, and then I think uh, this is just a, an interesting week for the Seahawks because, you know, the last two were so hyped because mm-hmm. of, of game day being there. This year, it's kind of under the radar, but it's really an important game, I think, for both uh, for both teams. It is, and so I think it's traditional, uh, more of a traditional game. But that's not going to take anything away. So, that, you know, that's pro- probably what I'm going to write about most of the week. And we'll read it at the Athletic. Uh, thank you, Doc. We'll uh, talk to you Monday if your schedule allows. Appreciate you doing this here, Doc. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Scott Dockerman, from the Athletic, as we catch up with our friend. 
uh, from the eastern part of the state and get the Hawkeye angle. All right, uh, Dave Sproul kicks off hour number two. Miller and Condon back to wrap things up in the first hour of the program. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. .net. .org. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Final couple of minutes of the first hour uh, of the program. Uh, ready or not, the NFL season kicks off tomorrow night, as you've heard of the DraftKings promos. They, they, they still play that league? It just sneaks up on you. This Cyhawk just uh, dwarfs everything, doesn't it? Does. It does. Uh, have you um, given much thought as to who your survivor pick is going to be? This is such a tough week. It's very scary. I was leaning towards going to Monday night and taking your Broncos. Uh huh. But there's just something about. You think the Seahawks are going to win? <laughs> now, I think you're on the right path. I think Denver wins. It's a road game. It is. It's Russell going back to Seattle. That, mm-hmm. that thing's charged up. And can't you just envision a scenario? No, I don't th- want to, Trent. It's 13 3. <laughs> Seahawks are leading. They got a defensive, you know, a short field on a turnover. They're just grinding it out. It's a lot of Rashard Penny and, and, it's not clicking for the Broncos' offense. I can envision that, and that's what I tried to do, right? You're trying to envision in your mind what could happen. A road team, Monday night, going up against this crowd is fired up to yell at Russell Wilson. Yeah, loudest stadium in football. So I haven't crossed that one off, but I, I've leave, at least moved away from that. Don't Balt, Doesn't Baltimore have to beat the Jets? See, that's where I go. I don't like taking road teams in general. Right. But it didn't sound like a great camp for no. Brees Hall. For the Jets. They don't have a quarterback. Right. The, Sala has not, uh, what's his name? Robert Sala? Sala. Sala, yeah. Uh, he hasn't announced his quarterback yet. The Titans are the biggest home I, favorite. That, I think you could play them. I'll give you another one. What about the Colts over the Texans? It's in Houston. It's, it's a division a, it's game. It's a road team, a division. Those are two uh-huh. stayaways. We saw the Colts and the, and the Jags week, final <laughs> yes, week of the we regular did. season last year. Absolutely we did. Colts win, they're in the playoffs. Jags win. What about the Dolphins at home against New England? Is that crazy? It's Belichick. Right. Uh, He's been terrible in Miami historically. He has, that's true. With good teams. With good teams. With Tom Brady teams. This is not a good team. I don't think. Okay. I can, I can see. It's on my reasoning. list. But again, divisional game. And it is New England and Belichick. See, you've got would, one... would I like to be knocked out in Week One no, betting against you gotta Belichick? You got to get through. You got to. You got to get through. I think ultimately I think I'm probably going to go Ravens. Ravens. I think that's where I'm going to go. You guys got your three entries. Are uh-huh. you doing three different ones? Three different ones. Three different ones. Okay. And I'm pushing hard for Baltimore. That's on so, one. So do you have a path for each of the entries? This path we're doing this. This yes. path we're doing this, and this path we're doing that. Uh, or this entry. KX and O one is. Whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Get through the first six weeks. Just get through. KX and 02 is save the Bills for Thanksgiving against the Lions. Okay. KX and 03 is save the Bills and preferably two teams that play each other on Christmas Day. Interesting. Okay. So three different ways to look at it. It's a nightmare. If you get to Christmas, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. Nightmare. These games are so difficult. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If either of us gets to Christmas, we'll be hedging like crazy we're going to vegas and we're hedging oh okay trent we're making it happen we're absolutely getting out there if we get to christmas i gotta get there before then i just i already got a november trip i know you do i'm envious man
Hour two coming up. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. He kicks it off. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNL.